Welcome back to the Monica Matthews Show, Life, Love, and Liberty. Happy Monday to you all. Another week in paradise here in the new <laughs> fascist state of America. Oh my gosh. It just seems like an uphill battle every single day. And particularly, you know, with every victory, I think you have to just expect that you're going to have an enormous amount of illegitimate pushback to be honest with you i mean i wish i could say this is just typical partisanship but i don't think there's anything typical about the climate in which we live now you know virginia it has become basically just oh my gosh the light you know on a hill for us i think as you know people who value election integrity and who want to see the the house and the in the senate uh you know turned back uh, red and so and for you and your local elections you know and many of you your state elections are you know excited about the prospect of having a restored election grid and an election that's not wrought with all kinds of issues and so virginia for me personally has kind of been one of those wow okay well if they can do it Anybody can do it, right? So you've got the governor, the lieutenant governor, and the attorney general who are all Republicans, and they are all busy cleaning house to the extent that it's within their uh, their authority and their purview to do so. And so Governor Yunkin came out swinging and came out swinging with really uh, you know, adhering to his campaign promises, to be honest with you, something that many people across the country were, you know, keenly keeping an eye on him to see whether or not those were merely campaign promises. And so now we're seeing that, no, they're not. He is actually following through. I believe there were 11 executive orders signed his first day in office. And one of the first orders he started with was giving the power and the authority back to parents to make decisions for their children based on face masks, okay? Now, now you can imagine the blowback he's getting from this from school boards. And some of you are like, well, why, right? Like, what, what is, why wouldn't school boards be on track with, you know, parents being able to make decisions? Well, there's a number of theories I have about that. Okay, and we can get into that later in the show, but you know, I just want to I want to touch on a few uh, points here. So, so Governor Yunkin comes out saying, "Hey, this this is what we're doing," and my uh, AG fully expects you know litigation to ensue, and that is exactly what's happened. You have over six counties that have filed suit against the governor's office, and so now the AG will have to contend with that. Um, who refuse to honor the the executive order. They're basically citing uh, legislation that was put into effect in Virginia by way of Senate Bill 1303 last year that basically told the uh, Board of Education, you're going to have to adhere to CDC guidelines. Okay, and whatever they say about children and masks is what you're going to need to uphold uh, on a county level. 
And so that's the legislation that these guys are holding on to, to say, wait a minute, the governor's overreaching. This is law. We're not going to adhere to the executive order. We're going to adhere to, um, uh, you know, we are going to adhere to the executive order. We're not, I'm sorry, <laughs> let, me, let me say that again. My notes, we are not going to adhere to the executive order. We are going to adhere to legislation. And I'm telling you, I'm hearing from parents from all over the country, not just Virginia, who are up in arms because they're like, hey, we want our kids to go back to school. It's important to their mental and emotional and and physical health, right, for them to get out, to be amongst others. And really, it is good for their immune systems to be challenged. We all know this right? Before all of this craziness, how many of us, you know, we're sucking snots and wiping noses and playing dodgeball and, and catch and, you know, all this stuff. We had PE for God's sakes. We were just, you know, little germ factories. And in honest truth be told, the doctors on my spaces on Twitter and on my show will tell you these kids are not aggregators of COVID. They're not. They are not the Petri dishes you think they are. Their immune systems are on fire and, and readily uh, up to the task of, of combating COVID, much less death sentences. So, so you have to ask yourself, is this part of a much larger agenda? Uh, is this the teachers who are pushing back? And then I guess my answer to that would be, and to parents who are demanding lawsuits, I would say, well, if you believe in the efficacy of a face mask, then what's the problem? wear your face mask and have your child wear their face mask, right? So it just, it's not, it's just not up. It's not up to, to, to snuff here. It, it's just not. And, and so with that, I, I have someone with me today who's going to give us a firsthand account of what is happening in one of the counties who that's decided, nope, we're not, forget it, Governor Yunkin, we're not on board, and we're willing to take you to task legally, and we're just going to defy your executive orders. Welcome to, you know, your uh, gubernatorial position, but we're we're done with that, which I find is kind of in line with really this, you know, uh, rejection of authority that we see across the board really as a society. But uh, so some notes here, Isle of Wight County, Virginia voted overwhelmingly for Glenn Youngkin. This is interesting. Okay. The county voted overwhelmingly for Glenn Youngkin for governor. Nearly every person who has written to the school board has asked for the board to follow governor Youngkin's executive order. Number two, which is the face masks. Okay. But so far, Every member except for me has voted to defy um, the governor's executive order. During the meeting to decide if the board would abide by the executive order, the chairwoman refused to allow public comments, stating it was a matter of policy not to allow public comments at a special meeting. So we had a second special meeting for a different subject. So during the meeting, I requested my guest to add citizens' comments to the agenda. No other member would second my motion, so it died with nobody allowed to speak again. Okay, and this story goes on. And so I'm going to have him come on and tell us what's going on, probably not only in his county, but I imagine there are going to be plenty of other board members across the state of Virginia who can relate to this type of, you know, whatever this, I don't know what you would call it. It's, to me, it's just blatant defiance of of authority but with me today i have john colic jr uh he is a brand new board member to the isle of wright county and uh john gosh 
welcome to my show, and I guess welcome to being baptized by fire. <laughs> oh, thank you, Monica. Um, yeah, you're absolutely right. It, I, I've talked to other board members around the Tidewater region, uh, all conservatives, of course, and we're all having very similar issues. And basically, the easiest way to explain it is we've got school boards that are trying to cancel the governor. He, the Governor Youngkin is Virginia's Trump, in my opinion. You know, like you said, we've got a five-member school board. I am the only conservative on the school board. And basically, every everything that I vote for, the other four seem to vote against, um, particularly when it comes to uh, the mask mandate. Um, we had quite a quite a session, um, particularly the at the special session the other day, when I motioned for citizens to be able to speak. And later in the in the session, as we were getting ready to close, well, another board member uh, who's one of the four, he motioned for the people to speak. And because I wanted it to happen, and we had a lot of people there, I seconded his. And lo and behold. It was a unanimous unanimous decision to let everyone speak, and we did. We gave everybody about two minutes, and again, overwhelmingly, everyone, uh, with the exception of about four people, and we had about 30, 35 people that were there, um, spoke in favor of the governor's executive order. So, now, so these are parents. It. So these are see these are parents who have shown up to speak. In favor of, yes, we would like to take our authority back as parents in conjunction with the governor's executive order, and they're all on board with the governor, right? Yes. Okay. Every single person who spoke uh, on behalf of the governor um, that I personally knew was a parent. And on the flip side, everyone who I personally knew who spoke against following the governor's executive order was not a parent. So it was very, very interesting. Now there was one woman who did speak and she has um, health issues and she's raising a grandchild. I get it. But, it's but other all than about, that, you've got people who are showing up to speak at school board meetings who don't have a dog in the fight. Correct. Correct. Wow. Okay. Now, I, now I do, I do tell everybody, you do have a dog in a fight. 70% of our local taxes go to the schools. So I right, do encourage right. everybody to come out and speak. Right. Good but point, good point, just, good reminder, good reminder. Yeah. But I'm thinking whenever it comes to, you know, I have a lot of friends who are facing this right now, to be honest with you, John, and mm-hmm. they're frustrated. They are, you know, they're aghast that they're at war with their own school boards. You know, now they're on FBI watch lists. I mean, it's crazy. So, yeah. teachers teachers calling me, you know, what do I do? Several teachers told me that they received a notice that if their child shows up without a mask, they're going to face disciplinary problems. I'm like, this is absolutely crazy. Uh, Spouses of teachers have contacted me because the teacher themselves are afraid to contact me. It is just crazy. I've got approximately 200 emails. Out of those 200 emails, I think I counted five of people who wanted to force masks on people. Everybody else, including people who said they were going to send their kids to school with masks, don't call it a mask mandate. They call it parental rights. And that's what I was trying to argue 
at both of the meetings when we discussed the, the masks. I wasn't trying to say, hey, masks work, masks don't work, sure. or anything like that. It came down to the right of the parent. The parent knows exactly what is right for his or her child. Some bureaucrat, some elected official doesn't know what's best for every single individual child. Okay, John, I'm you bring to- you bring up hold on one sec. You bring up a really yeah. good point here because because here's the line of delineation. So I'm trying to understand where the opposition stands. Like wh- what is their battle cry, right? Like what is their opposition? Is it based on CDC? Is it based on science? Is it based purely on the legislation that was passed in the Senate bill 1303 last session? Um, is it, or is it that they're saying parent, because we have heard this come out of the opposition, uh, we have we have heard Terry McAuliffe say it's really not a parent's business what is happening with their kids at school. And so is it that it's not the kids, it's not the parent's business, and it's not their right uh, to govern what their children are putting on their face and when? Or is the opposition saying, hey, we're just trying to abide by the law and we're going with the CDC? No, the opposition is all over the place. You just take a handful of darts and throw them at a dartboard, that's where they are. That's how they're reaching their decision. You know, some of them at times are saying, hey, the masks work perfectly across the board. We have a PA that is a physician's assistant on our school board, and she said masks work great. And I, for every article she can find that says they work great, I can find one that says they don't work very good at all. And, and in sure. fact, she, you know, she blasted me on on the you know, in public, saying Mr. Colic, or actually, she said Colic has no clue what he's talking about. Okay, no respect there. Right. We've got an we've got another school board member. He lost his mom to COVID, so now he wants all the kids to wear masks <laughs> right. because his mom passed. And you know, right. God love him. I, right. I hate for anybody to lose lose somebody. I've lost several friends to COVID. Yeah, I have too. Um, so very very recently. Right. But it comes down to personal freedom. I've got two grandchildren who aren't going to school. They're being homeschooled. One of them was born prematurely with lung issues. He was in the the neonatal clinic uh, or intensive care for many months. He can't wear a mask comfortably. He's got to take it off every three or four minutes. Mm -hmm. He can't go to school. So he's being homeschooled. Right. Right. You know, and so for every single person that I've been told, well, we have to wear a mask because this poor kid, you know, uh, needs needs people to wear them around them. I've got another child who can't wear a mask. Mm-hmm. We've got a 17-year-old young lady in our county with brain cancer. She wants to go to school. She can't wear a mask. She can't go to school. Unbelievable. So are you telling me that, so obviously, uh, medical exemptions, and I would imagine religious exemptions are just off the table with these guys. Uh, No, we do have medical exemptions. And I don't remember the exact reason why this young lady can't go to school. Okay. Um, But it had something to do with, it may be that she can't wear a a face shield either. Okay. Okay. 
Right. I mean, it's a travesty, and we haven't even begun to see the fallout of this, I think, psychologically, emotionally, academically. I mean, there are, you know, mm-hmm. there's evidence coming out now that these masks, and I, I got to tell you something, John, I have, we have schools, private schools, where people pay $50,000 a year for their kids to go to school here in the state of Georgia, where I am. And you wouldn't believe the cruel measures they take to keep these kids at a distance at lunch. They're not, it's like being in prison for these kids. And if you speak out yeah. against it, they will cancel you. They will, they will come after you. They will send your $50,000 check and your kid back home and say, Hey, we don't need the headache. This is how, this is how we're going to do this. So that's, yeah. yeah, that's crazy. See, yeah. I, I had COVID when it first started. I haven't had it since. I go around without a mask everywhere unless, you know, I'm in a facility that I absolutely have to be in and they have requirements. Now, if I go into a store and it's the store's policy, first thing I ask is, why do I have to wear a mask? If they say it's the law, I just walk out. I say, you don't know what you're talking about, and I walk out. They say, because our owner prefers that, good to go. I'm throwing a mask on. Sure. Because, yeah, otherwise, no, we're um, coming to arrest you for, you know, uh, for uh, what is it? Trespassing. <laughs> that's yeah. that's everyone's favorite go to right now over masks. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm I want to make sure that everybody does what they are comfortable with, given their own personal circumstances. Sure. And that's exactly what I do. Well, John, what are the repercussions for parents who are who are who are planning to abide by Governor Yunkin's executive order? Well, so far, the children have been sent home. Um, different, the, print, the principals um, at first sent a, a kind of very, slightly variation of, of messages. Um, but right now, we've, our superintendents made it very clear that this is a hot button issue. It's going to court on February 2nd. Okay. And... Um, the kids are going to be sent home, but they're going to be given their schoolwork to take home and they're going to be able to turn it back in. So there's really no repercussions like we're hearing in some other school districts around Virginia. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that's the first thing I did was talk to the superintendent about that. And he has a, had a very, very um, good message to come back um, to me on, which you know was a surprise because him and I disagree on almost everything else. You know, what's interesting is something you said I want to back up to, uh, which I I would imagine many other people, I mean, we're still seeing this coming out of this Department of Justice. I live in Fulton County where they are now um, summoning a a special grand jury to uh, possibly either investigating President Trump with regard to elections. You know, there's just this continued push to um, annihilate President Trump and really anyone who is ideologically associated with him uh, by way of partisanship. And so by way of right by way of America first, which ultimately equals constitutional rights and values. And so I'm finding this across across the country. And something you mentioned was, you know, their their goal seems to be to cancel the governor, quote, and then by way of, it's almost like a retribution, you know, it's like a referendum on President Trump, right, by, by way of Glenn Youngkin. And I'm, mm-hmm. I'm thinking to myself, other than court, you know, 
I don't, and I'm really hoping that your courts will uphold your governor's executive order, but it'll be interesting to see how far that goes, you know, but this is this vitriolic expression of partisanship that is costly to people's uh, lives. Again, their mental, emotional health and ultimately their physical health is astounding. I mean, is it really that? Is it, is it still Trump derangement syndrome? Well, I, I think it is. And I think some people have gotten past President Trump and are looking at conservatives across the board that we've got to cancel because they know President Trump is, you know, he, he's older. He may or may not run again, mm-hmm. but there's certainly a large army of people who believe what he believes and will fight to continue that legacy mm-hmm. at every level of government. And right. they're the people who are being attacked. Right. Okay, so word of encouragement to your uh, parents and teachers and others who are blowing up your inbox with, you know, hey, what do we do? Help. Uh, what What is your response to them? Well, we got to wait it out until February 2nd. I mean, how do you see this going down with your uh, school board? Well, I, I told I told everybody, you know, that's, that's contacting me, I'm not going to tell you what to do with your child. You know what's best. But please do not put teachers and principals in a position um, that they have to do something. If, you're, if your child's not going to wear a mask, go get the homework, come home, go ahead and do it. If, you, if you'll put up with this, you know, until um, Attorney General Mieres gets through the courts on the second, I think we'll have a, a good outcome. At least we'll know what is going on. And I see it going one of two ways. It could go in favor of Governor Youngkin's executive order, or it could actually bypass the SB 1303, which requires people wear masks, and go back to the Constitution, which gives full authority to the school boards for everything dealing with the schools. So that's that's where I see the Supreme Court coming out, either supporting Governor Youngkin mm-hmm. or going and saying, hey, the school boards can make their own calls. Okay, because, yeah, I watched a clip with him. I think he was on Fox when I was doing my research on this. And he, you know, he was really driving home. No, you know, when he was challenged with, well, what about the legislation? You know, he was basically driving the point of of parental rights, right? He just, he continued to drive that home that this is about parental rights. And I thought, Okay, this is going to be interesting to see where this falls because I believe it'll probably set precedent for for the rest of the country. Um, yeah, so it's it's you know I, I don't think this the battle's definitely not over. You know I I applaud you for just encouraging parents to just you know take a breath. You know, make decisions for your family. Uh, you don't have to be nuts about it or vitriolic, you know, and it is working its way through the system, right? So I applaud you for encouraging people to trust the process, you know, and the procedure, the legal proceedings are, that are in place. Um, you know, and I, I would certainly hate to be a parent during this day and age and making these decisions. And, and hopefully, you know, I don't know, John, you know, I just feel like Parents have major decisions to make all the way around, whether it's about CRT, it's about masks, and, you know, this whole leviathan of we're invading the school system, you know, by way of political just uh, doctrine from hell, as far as I'm concerned, um, is astounding. I mean, I've always known that our school boards have been political, you know, but I guess to an extent, I was a little naive about just how far 
um, you know, down the rabbit hole, our uh, teachers unions, our um, what's what's the uh, accreditation uh, agencies, you know, have gone. Uh, mm-hmm. Many of them are on the take, and they are pressuring uh, school systems with money. I got to tell you something that was very egregious to me. I'm not going to lie is is seeing where the White House press secretary is cheering on the rebellion of these counties, you know, where she's clearly a spokesperson for the white house. Right. And so I'm like, wait a minute, why are you cheering on this to me, you know, this anarchy, (laughs) even though some people, some people would challenge me on that because there's legislation in place that they feel like they're protected with. And I get that, but now you have an executive order, you know, what are we doing here? So, right. Well, I look at it this way. Um, they, they are not advocating for burning cities anymore, which they did a couple of years ago. Um, I just, I'm at a loss when it comes to this White House. They are not um, pro-American. There's nothing they have done that is for the American people. It all just seems to be, you know, helping, helping our adversaries. Yeah, it, it really does. Now, I, I got to say something about our uh, the teachers in, in my county. They do not belong to a teachers union. And we really have some really good teachers here. And most of them are just they, they want to get beyond this. Mm-hmm. Most of them that I've talked to support my position. So um, I, one, one of the things I, that I can't say with any um true knowledge is that the teachers unions are really behind anything. And I understand through news reports, you know, that's what's being reported. But the Virginia School Board Association, on the other hand, is a very left-wing organization, I found out, um, through attending two conferences. And that is very troubling, particularly when their chief lobbyist, who is very left-wing, her firm is my school district's attorneys. Yeah, it's a it's a labyrinth. I'm telling you, it is a labyrinth. And people are always shocked by, you know, how did we get here? I'm like, believe me, it has taken years of of weaving the web in which we are all entangled now. Yeah. Well, I think I think we can get out of it. I think but I think we're going to have to rethink how school board members are elected. In most locations, it's called a nonpartisan election. Mm -hmm. And for me, a nonpartisan is five Democrats running for the same seat, and the Republican says, "Oh, <laughs> one of these guys are going to get it." That's right. good to go. Right, right, you know. right. What is it now? How how do you guys go about electing your school boards now? It's nonpartisan. Okay, but I ran openly as a staunch conservative Republican. Okay, and I won by, I'd say. About 250 votes. I think there were 5,000, roughly 5,000 votes cast. Nice. So it was close. I mean, the the person who had it before me, she taught in the schools for 40 years, well, her whole career, 40 years, teaching, principal, school board, a wonderful woman, but she just didn't have the same vision I've got. She was in a traditional school board. Okay, superintendent, watch it. We're going to give it to him. Yep, good to go. Right. And when things changed, like so many other good people on school boards, they didn't see that change, and now they can't cope with it. Right. And so we're fortunate enough to have a very robust school board watchdog committee, 
which research everything. And we have identified so many things that we have to fix in our schools. So as soon as get out of court on Wednesday and Attorney General Muris, you know, makes the announcement of how it goes, critical race theory or executive order number one Mm -hmm. is next on the block. Right. Excellent. Good. Well, hey, there, you know, promises made and promises trying to be kept. (laughs) So, (laughs) you know, all on board with that. And uh, John Collett Jr., thank you for joining us today. Please come back and keep us updated on what's happening, especially after Wednesday. Um, You know, and keep us up to date with, you know, how parents are holding up and uh, Andrew Board, you know, and keep us abreast of, you know, the, the inside knowledge of what parents need to know of what's really going on. A lot of people will not do that or they're extremely, uh, you know, one-sided. Uh, I, I, I am a Republican. I'm a conservative, obviously, as are you. Uh, but, you know, I think the, the truth is the truth, period. And so, yes. you know, I, I like, yeah, thank you so much. I appreciate your candid, you, you know, your candor and your courage, I, you know, I, I have to applaud you on that, sir, because there are a lot of people in your position who would not come forward like this, uh, especially well, being the new kid on the block. Well, Monica, I, I'm a retired Marine. So. <laughs> yeah. Once a Marine, always a Marine. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, awesome. I love it. Thank you for your service, sir. I look forward to hearing from you again. Thanks, Monica. God Bye. bless. Have a good day. So, yeah, super brave gentleman. And in my humble opinion, but, but, you know, like he said, well, he's a Marine, once a Marine, always a Marine. And, and it does take the courage of, you know, and the tenacity of a, of a soldier, right? During these times, uh, because you're up against a system of thought, I, you know, I'm, I'm hesitant to say that you're up against people, even though they are carrying out uh, this specific system, right, in the ideology of the system. But, you know, I'm cautious about that because I want to encourage, primarily because of my podcast that I did last week, you can go back and listen to that, and my interaction with a group in a Twitter space called um, Foundational, I always want to say fundamental, Foundational Black Americans versus African Americans, like people from Africa who have migrated here. Um, that was a very interesting conversation and that was an interesting show. And, you know, I walked out of that thinking, Hmm, I need to spend more time reminding people that as a white person who was completely demonized in that space and, and really uh, the attempt to humiliate me, um, you know, which ultimately failed. And, you know, by the end of it, we were all able to come together and have a conversation. It was great. Uh, but it was a little bit hellish getting through that. And so you're dealing with demonization of people, uh, you know, systems that are aligned with, you know, certain skin colors, uh, you know, in, in the media and, and other powers that be have been and spiritual powers for sure have been extraordinarily successful, uh, you know, and really dividing all of us in those ways. And so in what you're really fighting for, whenever I say fighting, uh, you know, you're you're fighting to maintain what was already fought and won, right? What was already fought for, which are your constitutional rights. And so you're maintaining those. And that is the battle space, right? And there are legal measures in which you can, you should operate in order to take those things to task. And, you know, you do have election elections coming up and elections do matter, 
And, you know, I'm, I would just encourage you that this is the time to pay attention to what's happening across, across the country and school boards, your county commissions, you know, your DAs, you know, any position possible that is elected, pay attention, right? It is incumbent upon you because we have a federalization, uh, not to be confused with federalism. There is a federalization push in this country right now, un- unlike anything I've seen in, in my lifetime, whether it's medicine, school, we know medicine's been coming on for a while, but, you know, education, um, uh, our elections, you know, it, it is nuts. And just by virtue of speaking with people just like John uh, Colley Jr. and uh, my friends who are physicians who are, you know, just really out there battling for your constitutional rights to make make decisions for yourself autonomously based on science. You know, I mean, you could say that the science and the constitution are mutually exclusive in some regards, but, you know, in this case, it's like science actually, you know, uh, asserts itself in this conversation to say um, what they're telling you is not true with regard to death rates, uh, transmission rates, probability of transmission, especially where your children are concerned. And I'm not an expert on the subject, but more and more experts have come out to say exactly that. And so this is an an overarching campaign to really cancel not only uh, President Trump, right? I don't like to make everything about President Trump. Um, But it's, but obviously, you know, he was kind of the, the impetus for this just craziness that we see. Uh, that really is unprecedented, I think, in our nation. Obviously, the partisanship is just nuts. Um, but you really do see a push to to cancel things as important, not only people, right, but something as important as our Bill of Rights. And that is ultimately where the battle is. And so I applaud Governor Yunkin for, you know, just right out of the gate, getting it done, knocking it out of the park, promises made, promises kept, that America first is not just a President Trump tagline. That is not a MAGA statement. That is, I, I personally prefer God first. Uh, and if you are going with God first, then guess what? Your autonomy matters. It just does. And if you're going with God first, you're automatically going with Constitution first because to me, they're not mutually exclusive. We are created equal. We have inalienable rights that are endowed to us by who? Him. So I want to encourage you guys, you know, keep up, keep up, you know, follow John's advice. If you're a parent in Virginia listening to this, take your peace, you know, take your peace, make it fun for your kids. If you're going to make the decision not to send them to school, then at least make the homeschooling environment where they're doing work at school while you're waiting for the court's decisions and all this mess to hash out. Um, you know, have conversations with your kids about this. Don't just leave them hanging with their own conclusions or their, you know, playground conversations or PE conversations, or I, I don't even know if they're doing PE anymore. My God, in Georgia, they're sitting six feet apart for lunch with plexiglass. It's insane in some schools. And so, but talk to your kids, 
right? Don't leave them to their own demise and their own vain imagination. Sit down and chat with these little guys. They're very smart. They're sponges and they deserve to know what's going on. And I'll be honest with you, this is a great time for you to pull out your little pocket constitutions. If you don't have one, order one on Amazon. I mean, some, I think Rand Paul or, or one of our senators was uh, you know, giving them out. Uh, every politician I know is giving them out right now during election, uh, during the election cycle. But this is a great opportunity for you to sit down and have them read it out loud. Hey, little buddy, this is why, you know, I've decided to keep you home. You know why? Because this right here is so important to your life. And it's so important to the freedom of people in this country. And mom and dad have decided that we're going to stand for, for everyone's freedom not just ours. And so this is the decision that we've made. See, it just sucks all of the anger and the vitriol and the partisanship and President Trump and, you know, Democrats and Republicans, all the stuff that they don't care about. They don't care about. But what they should care about is their freedom. So I want to encourage you. This is a great time. Get out those little pocket constitutions. Sit down, have conversations with your little people. Believe me, they get it more than you think they do. And so, you know, good time to plant some good freedom-loving seeds inside of those little minds and hearts, all right? They've gone through enough in the past two years. Goodness gracious. All right, thank you for joining me. You know where to find me. Monica on Air Talk on Twitter. Uh, MonicaMatthews.com. Sign up for my newsletters. Look forward to hearing from you guys. And uh, as always, be good to your neighbor beginning in your own mirror. And remember, if you're an American, if you're an American, act like one. Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader, like that car riding your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on Auto Trader too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader.